0: Silence, and in the naked light, I saw ten thousand people.
1: Welcome to the Industry Born podcast. I'm Colin Reichart, your host, and today we'll be covering almost anything related to cannabis. Hey, Jordan, how are you?
0: Hey, Colin, I'm doing good. How about you?
1: I'm good. Welcome to the little podcast.
0: Thank you. I'm happy to be here.
1: That's good. I'm happy that you are here. So, why don't you start by telling uh, everybody what your job title is?
0: I am a process and project manager here at Green Bros.
1: That's awesome.
0: It very much is. <laughs>
1: A company that dearly needs process. If I do say so myself,
0: <laughs> maybe just a little bit. Just a little bit. I think that I just have a nice range of opportunity.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. I like that. Yeah, good. Um, so anyway, we, I, we we talked yesterday a little bit about this, but I, I wanted to go over kind of the value of process and you know the impact of implementing process in in the company. But like, in a nutshell, like process is everything
0: process is absolutely everything. I think process is the tools to success. Um, process comes from, you know, identifying what needs to happen, writing those steps down and then executing and then standardizing. And I think the standardization point is when you write down what everyone's supposed to do and you hand it out to them, you know, it gives them the outline of what their job is and what our job is and what needs to be completed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It takes out the ambiguity and gives you that consistency in your product. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. But, it, I mean, you don't come from manufacturing. So here you are um, coming from outside and trying to implement process into an environment that you have no exposure to. Well, limited because you've been here a while now. So you have some mm-hmm. exposure. But, uh, you know, how is that? And, and, I mean, how can you do that without having that, that kind of background?
0: Uh, It was definitely interesting getting, uh, you know, my toes in the water and kind of figuring out where this was going to go for me. Because like you said, I didn't really have a background and I didn't know what to look for. And that's what such a major uh, part of process is, is identifying. Um, And so really for me, it took time to kind of settle into the environment, start getting to know people um, and hearing feedback from others and kind of what we're doing and really just being nosy. Um, and then from there, I mean, I don't need to know how to build one of our machines necessarily, but because someone can tell me how to build one of the machines. But what I need to do is I need them to tell me how they're doing it, and then I need to analyze whether or not it's efficient. Um, and efficiency comes from so many different categories. Uh, we're learning, we're teaching a lot about eight lean wastes, and that is all about efficiency. So I know what wasted motion is, I know what overprocessing is, and these are things that you can identify in everyday life so i don't think me coming into manufacturing takes away the fact that i can identify where inefficiency lays and how i can coach that to other people
1: yeah i mean the the whole concept of process is pretty simple it's a recipe right it's that's all it is if you want to make the same food the same way every time you gotta follow the recipe absolutely yeah and that's that's what we do so putting the recipe in doesn't mean doesn't mean necessarily that you have to have a master's in manufacturing engineering. Uh, what it means is that you have to understand that, that you know the first step is the first step and that's writing it down, mm-hmm. right? And then and we talk about this all the time. Like if you don't write it down, you can't change it.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. unknown. Yeah. It's theoretical if yeah. it's not written down.
1: Yeah, and you can't improve it, right? So how do you study it and improve it if, you, if somebody's doing it one way and another guy's doing it another way? Absolutely. It becomes difficult. Yeah.
0: I mean, all of my processes start as chicken scratch in a notebook. You know, it's literally just what I see on the table right in front of me. I scribble it down as fast as I can while it's happening. And then later I take it back to my station and I start typing it up. And once I start typing it up, that's where all the actual analyzation of where it comes from, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and then once I'm typing, then you can kind of dive into a oh, I noticed that I wrote down this step. Why did we do that step? Can we adjust it? Can we kind of flex it around? Um, but I wouldn't be able to review that if I hadn't written down what I was actively seeing at the time, I can't call upon that memory and refine that memory. You have to write it down. There has to be documentation.
1: It was so massive that just the documentation portion of it. I think, um, I went through, um, lean exercises with some major companies and, um, You know, so they send everybody off to be black belts and stuff like that. So I I kind of have exposure to that from the outside or top down kind of enforcement. Um, but the other thing that, you know, we went through was also like an ISO 9000 and all of these things are this, you know, they're not too dissimilar. I mean, these things are all about documenting. So, um, in, while in the ISO process, you're documenting everything to the nth degree, you know, roles and responsibilities and, Mm -hmm. and, and then process and more in the lean, you're more focused on, on the process of what's happening in front of you. So, um, anyway, but those are major, uh, undertakings that a lot of companies, you know, go after those certifications and they're invaluable. I mean, you can't improve without it.
0: No, absolutely. Um. As you said, right now, we're going through all that certifications. I think I got an email today asking me for the needs of those. And, you know, we look at this list and it's like, okay, engineers, I need drawings from you. I need bombs. I need manuals. I need, you know, how do I set this up? And it's interesting because some of the stuff we don't already have and you would look at it and you'd be like, oh, we should definitely have this component. Where where is it? Um, And, you know, that's just not that's, that's the opposite of process. That's them, you know, being inventive and creative and, you know, making this master machine and then knowing how to do it and knowing how to, you know, hands-on teach people. But again, how do we refine that machine and really show people what that machine is without the proper documentation? You yeah. know, you can still make something, but you can't uh, after the making, what do you do if there's no documentation?
1: Yeah. Well, absolutely. Right. Cause we, I mean, as a manufacturer, we, we invent things around our manufacturing skills and our capabilities, right? We try not to go too far outside of that. Um, but you still have to translate, you know, the invented portion or piece, the piece of equipment to a manufacturing, uh, you know, to, to that part of the company. So it has to transition from from engineering. So yeah, it needs, a, needs all the supporting documentation, the bombs, um, the, the drawings, and then you know, we do it here. We, we have an engineer goes out and builds a machine. That's the first thing by himself yeah. to see if it actually goes together, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, uh, and then, then, you know, during the building process, I mean, you find so many, you find so many things that you can change and make better, especially for manufacturing, but without having that basis or that, that step-by-step um, to translate. I mean, what do you do? So, here's a stack of parts. Good luck.
0: Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. You ever play with Legos before? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Don't worry. They all fit together just one way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure you'll figure it <laughs> out. You'll figure it out. Yeah. No,
0: definitely. It's funny. It's a, it's interesting to ask artists, which I mean, he translates into engineers, I think, um, you know, how did, how did you compose this? And if you ask any artist in like you know performing industries, you know music and everything, they'll they'll just give you a blank stare. Like, what do you mean? How did I? How did I compose this? How did I do it? This is my art. You know, I just right. put it together, and here it is, and you're welcome. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, in manufacturing, it doesn't work like that. You need all the steps.
1: You do. You absolutely do. And there's a, a, another side, or the follow-on side to to that is, you know, coming from where your background is in, in larger, you know, corporate America, you see. Um, you know, you see very organized, structured company and still refining process. And they do it kind of through their whole system without naming names of the company. I mean, what was the goal of all that work that that company was doing?
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, The company that I worked before super structured. And like you said, they had everything that we needed in place. Uh, Again, a recipe. Step one, step two, step three, final product, five. End of story. You do it the same way every time, every day, you do two at a time the same way. Um, And so yeah, how do you refine something that's already well established? I think it's just consistent feedback. The amount of times that we have to rearrange our setup to make it more efficient, you know, I'm reaching too far for this ingredient. Uh, Can I bring it closer to me? Uh, You know what, this step right here, this doesn't make sense for the area that I'm working in. Can you can you rearrange this? It's just constant feedback and communication and then keeping an open mind to this feedback. You know, There shouldn't be strict rules in place that say, just because this is the way we've done it, doesn't mean it's the way that it has to be done. And I think even large corporations um, kind of get that now and they're really becoming more receptive to feedback, I would say. And then it also just depends on your general manager, You know, how flexible are they willing to be with you?
1: Well, sometimes they don't have the ability to be flexible, you know, like you said, with the structure of the company. But, um, you know, I find it, I find that the difficulty in in kind of implementing all these things with people, they have a little bit of resistance, you know, initially they kind of kick back and they're like, you know, how? why is this person telling me how to do yeah. my job and, and this kind of thing. But you have a really interesting way of dealing with people. And I find it very refreshing. And also, uh, you know, you seem to be able to get away with, a lot more than uh, than uh, other people would be able to get away with in how you and how you communicate with people. Uh I how you know, what's your secret as far as like, you know, getting people to, to get on board?
0: Um I think there's a couple secrets. I your approach first of all absolutely everything. So, my recipe to getting things done is um a, acknowledge my faults right off the bat. Like, I you know, I don't know the industry. So, a lot of the times a struggle I would think would be is why is someone that doesn't know about my job giving me direction? So typically when I approach someone, I go, Hey, you know what? I would try to do this, but I'd probably just break your tool. So could you, you know, tell me about this or could you potentially, you know, uh, try this for me? Um, and that usually kind of disarms people. It makes them laugh a little bit like, "Ha, Jordan doesn't know how to do my job. You're right. I don't. Right. Um, and then I would say, Watching out for egos. Everyone has pride and you really don't want to come off with an assumption that you know something better than the person you're working with. You really want to come into this as I'm entering your space. This is something that you do every day and I don't. So, um, I'm here for your knowledge, but I also have something to share with you. And once you can get past that ego and kind of build a a more friendly relationship, people are a lot more willing to, to work with you. Um, and just consistently building those relationships and you know, fostering them. Uh, obviously, you're in a professional environment, so you don't want to expand on that too much. But, you know, I want to know how you're doing. Like, how's your day going? What are you frustrated with? They'll be like, oh, this thing happened here, and I'm frustrated about it. I'm like, well, let's check it out. Tell me about it. Like, can I help you? What What do you need for assistance? Do you need someone else to help you? You know, I just, I listen to them. I hear what they're saying, and then I they see me try. Even if I don't succeed, I at least give my best effort
1: to assist where possible right right you know when i started doing um four years ago we had we had just massive quality issues and, and massive problems and production was down and um you know that the whole the whole kind of uh, atmosphere had fallen and quality had just gone to shit. to be honest i mean we were You know, struggling with remakes and remakes, and you know, I started getting on the lean, the lean kick, and I spent—I think I spent half an hour, forty-five minutes every day in front of the whole team, and just you know, talking about waste, talking about identifying problems, talking about you know uh, how to smooth things out, talking about process, talking about um, you know how to identify uh, wins and and and, and rewarding people for their wins, and we started. You know, it, it took a while, but just that daily like literally me sitting in front of my whole assembly mm-hmm. team daily at uh, the whole team even engineering everybody and just talking and, and reiterating and kind of beating it into uh the consciousness you're right so but that started to create that buy-in and we started to get people that really kind of got into it and we started to see real improvement and that was the first the first hack at process and we have a bunch of sops and stuff that we made and And, uh, which are amazing. I mean, an SOP is, is just like the ultimate process document. Absolutely. (laughs) It's like, oh, that's what it's all about. Uh, but we did, we did, you know, we did simple stuff. I mean, we just do pictures and one, one sentence stuff, right? So simple. Yeah, it's all it needs to be. Exactly. So that was where we were, we're at. We finally got that kind of jammed. And then of course we moved the company out to Vegas and all the people that were, uh, trained, didn't come. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of started all over again The same, same problems, you know, you start running and you're, and you're creating, you're creating this, uh, throughput. You're just trying to get things done and all the new people, it's hard to start from start without having that strength, uh, uh of the, of all the documentation in, in place, you know, and that was a major challenge. And that's really what led to me finding you was, um, you know, just again, like it's not that it's it, it's, it can be done to a certain point without it but you run into a wall yeah. where you just can't get better without having all that process and, and, and documentation in place and, and that um, consciousness for the team but the buy-in and getting them to get involved it's another challenge altogether.
0: No, it absolutely is I think and the buy-in is so important it's vital to have your workers see what you're doing and grasp onto that and like live it um and it creates a culture and i think culture is a a lot of times the motives behind people's actions and so uh, you know here we are again we're doing 20 minute videos in the morning we're drilling in lean manufacturing and at first i was totally getting the reaction from all these new people of why am i wasting 20 minutes out of my day to come watch youtube videos with jordan um yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) and they're like when i could Go over to my machine and do all the work that we need to be that needs to be done. And I was like, just wait, guys. Eventually, you'll get it. Eventually, yeah. it'll sit. And then, you know, we—I think we did three weeks straight of videos. And then I was giving them like worksheets, like eight lean waste. I was like, this is your worksheet, and I need you in your station to identify at least one of each waste. Right. And then I need you to fix that. And we're going to talk about it. And I'm going to come sit in your station, and I'm going to evaluate how you work. Um, and I'm going to identify waste. And once we opened up that conversation and they had to start critically thinking about this worksheet and what in their station is waste, that's when the ideas started pumping and yeah. they're like, okay, now I see why we've been watching these videos. Right. Now, now I know that, you know, I can move all this stuff over here or I, you know, I don't use this piece of, I don't know, material right here. I can get rid of it. It's useless. It's dirty. Right. Um, And then they started coming to me with ideas like, Jordan, my storage is just not good. What do you think we could do to improve this? Because it's, you know, it's causing motion A, B, and C. Um, And that was really, that was such a success for me to see, for people to start critically thinking about their areas and then taking ownership over their areas and being like, this is my space. My space needs to be comfortable for me to work and it needs to be efficient for me to work. So I'm going to make it my space and I'm going to own that. Um, Huge win. And now it's slowly, but surely flipping around. I mean, we're seeing huge differences here.
1: Oh well, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think it's slow. I think it's, uh, it's pretty rapid, but I mean, that's how it kind of implements. And that's how it was, uh, the last time I went through it It's just like, it feels like the initial kickoff is, is difficult, but the changes are rapid and, and, yeah. and immediate, you know, and then you look at like, how would we, as a company, how would we double our production? right? What's the formula for that? And without that process, you know, and understanding all that stuff, it's really difficult to, to, to make that to to, to know yeah. what that would be. Right. You know, you can't just double your shifts. You know, you have to understand the impact of all these different things you're doing. And then, and then you would double some places and not, and not in others because you would understand. Right. But, um, it, the biggest challenge I think, in any uh, chaotic environment like ours, is is that initial push just to get people to to, to get rolling? But the benefits once they see them, I mean, everybody gets on board. was like, oh, oh okay. yeah.
0: Once they realize that we're making their job easier mm-hmm. and that there's less room to make a mistake, that then they get it. Then they're like, oh, this is I can just come to work, clock in, do my stuff, do it easily without conflict, and I can you know I can get out. And i think that's what we all want from our job we all we don't want to be putting out fires all the time right it's exhausting
1: it's exhausting right and then your mental space is whack way out of place and you know i find that to be one of the more challenging things when you've got very talented people they they're they tend to be problem solvers right Mm -hmm. and then they solve a problem and they kind of hold on to that knowledge right and they may tell somebody else how to solve the problem but it doesn't really get it doesn't You don't necessarily get to the root of the problem. Yeah. You know, so like, um, yeah, the story I, I, I'm embarrassingly tell every time is, uh, we had, we had a one place where we put these cords or plugs on our motors and then they would take them over to the builders and the builders would put them in the machines while well, the builders were cutting the cords, the plugs off the motors yeah. because they didn't fit through the hole in the, in the plastic that, you know, was the front panel of the machine Yeah. and no one knew. It's well, just what they did. Yeah. <laughs> I feel
0: like this is how we've been doing it. Yeah.
1: Right. Uh, forever. I'm yeah. Like, and I walk out and I watch it. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? Well, that's how we do it. I'm like, what do you mean? Well, that's how I was taught. I don't time out. Yeah, what do you like, mean? We'll that's how you, you. We'll taught you right. that. Well, that's how everybody knows. Everybody does it. I'm like, wait a minute. So you're telling me that everybody does it. Why? And it, well, the hole is too small. Well, I can fix that for you. Like, yeah. You know, if you would have just brought that information back, right, we could go to engineering or wherever we have to go to to make that adjustment. And then all of a sudden that's solved. But instead, we have, you know, a very uh, inappropriate but effective solution in the cutting off of a cord, which is doubling, you know, it's waste. It's just yeah. nothing but that's that's They're the epitome of waste.
0: On. And then it goes over there,
1: and then they take it off and they put it back on again. Yeah. It's like why? Yeah, why I would why just do it not there at the from the beginning anyway. But that's that, that happens a lot, you know. And you find people who are very, like I said, they're very talented and they're very good at their jobs. And you go, oh, this is a really good kind of problem solving guy. But he's he's not necessarily looking outside of his box, yeah. Right, and he doesn't if without a process, he doesn't know that what he's solving is wrong, mm-hmm. right? So you he doesn't have the steps so he stepped outside of the boundaries of what he was taught. He found a solution, which is great, but we're not solving the problem and the problem persists, mm-hmm. you know? And then if he's sick, everything is down. And yeah. like, I don't know, no one, these things don't work anymore. No one knows how to put this machine together. I mean, we, we suffered through that here with the sorters. Um, and it was, it was just a massive struggle. I had one guy that was like, well, you know, if you do it this way, you have to kind of finagle and, and this, and I'm like, are we doing any of that i mean let's let's get an engineer yeah over here and have him see why and it turns out we had just had a hole that was a uh, that was just off by a little bit i mean this happens all the time yeah i mean there's a thousand holes in that machine and one of them's off a little bit and the whole machine has to be kind of monkeyed together you know and uh what we found was that you know that simple adjustment again go back into engineers and then the engineers have to chase that trail of paper all the way through the system again, Mm -hmm. you know? So,
0: and you know, they're, they're solving something for themselves, like you said, but they're just, they're not thinking outside of their immediate problem. They're not thinking about the problem as a whole. Um, when it, it really is so easy to fix, you just gotta go to the source. Um, right. I, I go to the source for everything. But, um, you know, someone tells me a problem, I'm like, who told you? Yeah. I go to that person, I'm like, who told you? And then, yeah. you know, five people later, I'm there. Yeah. And I'm like, why? Um, but, but I think uh, that's a really good point because something that, you know, we're developing with this culture of lean and, you know, bringing things up is uh, trusting. A lot of the times people will take it into themselves to solve a problem yeah. and they'll be like, hey, I did my job, you know, I'm contributing to my team because I solved this problem. And that's yeah. great. But did they trust to bring it to the next level to see if there was a better resolution? Right. Um, so many times, you know, in, you know, my previous experience, people will find a problem and they'll, you know, make a their own kind of solution for it. And I'll ask them. I'm like, did you tell the? Did you tell like your leader about that? And they're like, no, they're not going to do anything. It's like, well, ha- they're definitely not going to do anything if you didn't tell them. Right. I was yeah. like, you just eliminated all the chances of yeah. them doing one hundred percent by keeping your mouth underneath. shut. Yeah. And they're like, well, I brought this problem to them before, and they didn't fix it. I was like, did you ask them why? Why? I was like, this problem is totally different from this problem. You could have absolutely had a solution. Um. And so that going back to what I was saying earlier, when people have an issue, I at least give it my best shot, and then right. I'll explain to them if I couldn't do it and what action we're taking to resolve it. And then what I'm doing by that is building their trust that right. I'm going to take action, right? That they have
1: valuable input, yeah. and, and that that they're they're going to be listened to, and and um, you know, it's sometimes it's difficult. I find that difficult because I as a, with an engineering mindset, and you know, I. I see things the way I see them and that they're, of course it's always right. Cause that's what engineering is always right. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, but a guy will come to me and be like, Hey, what you know? What about this, this idea right here, man? I was thinking da, 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 da. and it, you know, sometimes it's the most outlandish craziest thing you've ever yeah. heard of in your life. And I've had, you know, I just have to take a second and just say, okay, listen, tell myself, you know, relax, yeah. you know, accept the input, right? acknowledge it like hey you know what i'll think about it we'll, we'll look at it i'm not, mm-hmm. not gonna say no yeah you know i might go away and go kyle was fucking crazy guy I was <laughs> saying it, but but on the other hand you know he could turn around the next day and throw something out at you that you're like holy crap you're like that's, genius. that's brilliant yeah. yeah why wouldn't you know and and those kind of things uh so if i'm not being cognizant and listening you know when the idea is maybe not fitting in with my ideas, um, then I shut them out, and then I shut them out for this other potential gain. And that's where you want to be. I think that's what you want to avoid when you're dealing with people. Because, you know, people have, everybody sees it a little bit differently, man. They're all looking at the, we're all looking at the same thing from different places. Different
0: angles, for sure. And I think that's a, a problem that a lot of people have, you know, and a lot of the times, you know, especially with an engineer, they're like, I have all this experience, I have all this knowledge, And now, you know, this labor worker is giving me advice. Like, who are they? Who are they to tell me me what I'm doing? (laughs) Um, And I think that's just, you know, making again, like you said, cognitive change and kind of stopping yourself and slowing down. For me, a lot of the time that conversation looks like, you know what, if it's like totally outlandish and I know I'm not gonna execute it, I'll be like, hey, I totally see where you're coming from. Um, Here are three reasons why I don't think it would work. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And I'll give them a chance to be like, well, we could try it like this, give a few options. I'll kind of rebuttal back and forth with them. I call it a rumble. Um, (laughs) And so we'll rumble about it. And eventually they'll kind of see where they're going wrong. But if they're persistent, then I'll be like, hey, go ahead, give it a shot. Give it a shot. When it doesn't work, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, sometimes that's not not a bad thing. You know, at least they get to see. For themselves, that yeah. they were wrong. I were think people wrong. just want to understand, you know. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes, some people just want to feel important.
0: Yeah, and then, then there's that. So then which is fine. They want to be validated. Yeah, as we just all validate.
1: do. Right, just a little bit of a recognition that they're actually here. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. very interesting. I find that right now in this culture that there's a big shift uh, in you know how how communication uh, with the you know with people is more about validating them and validating their, 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 you know, them as people and as valuable assets and, you know, not so much as, um, as labor, you know, in in general terms and, and not, you know, not the down, you know, being constant beating and, and, and (laughs) and being, being, uh, denigrated and, and kind of, you know, yelled at and told to perform. Yep.
0: Yeah. No, we've, uh, we've talked about this before when, you know, back in the day, you would have a job and you would know what your expectations were. And if you didn't fill those expectations or like, you didn't show up to work one day, that's fine. We have 10 other people that can replace yep. you right now. We don't even need you. Um, you're expendable is what you're told.
1: Right, um, right.
0: And you're totally right how that culture is changing now. And it's more that you're working with, you know, human beings and this human didn't come into work today because they had to go to the ER and you got to take that into consideration. Yeah. It's a it, you know you can't just be like you're being written up because you didn't show up to work today and they're I like know. well I, w- I was in the emergency room and you're like I don't care sorry <laughs> yeah. you should should have brought you and your broken leg <laughs> yeah, straight yeah. to work
1: yeah yeah I gotta prove that one to me Mm-hmm. yeah I, I when when uh, you know when when it along that same line I mean there's there's that whole community we talked about this the other day to you that that whole communication thing where you're you know in and as you move up the chain and in, in, um, you know in responsibility, which is management or or leadership or whatever that is, as you move up that chain, that responsibility of communication becomes even more more uh, heavy, yeah. if you will. And um, I've seen this a lot, where we'll take a guy that's a that's a superstar, you know, like a, a, a solid performer, works really well, maybe works well with others, uh, in around loves his machine, loves his equipment, you know, nails it. And you're mm-hmm. like, this guy's perfect. Yep. Right. And then you go, okay, this is going to make, make a perfect
0: leader. leader yeah. Right.
1: No, not necessarily. Nope. So. <laughs>
0: Very rarely the case actually. <laughs>
1: yeah. Right. Isn't that funny?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, you can have excellent performers and like you said, people can be passionate about their work and totally excel in what they're doing right then and there. But, um, As you've said before, it's unfortunate that the only way up for them is through management because just not everyone possesses that skill, and so much of that skill is proper communication. Um, You know, I could be an excellent sander, I could, or you know, a welder, and I could just do everything, and I could even teach someone to do what I'm doing, and I could take them under my wing. But can I go up to a floor of twenty people? And can I deliver them the tasks for the day and then when they struggle with those tasks can I go over there and can I coach them and can I teach them how to do the task the way that it's supposed to be implemented and can I do it calmly Um, you know without degrading or making people feel bad that you know they need to ask for help Um, that's what leadership is it's delegation and it's teaching and it's coaching and it's being patient with your team and wanting to
1: develop a better team. Yeah. And I think a big part of that is, is, is managing the, um, you know, your expectation of others, yeah. you know, when you're, when you're at a, like when I'm hiring, I'm looking for people at a specific level or, or above that level. Right. Um, but when you're working with people and you're bringing them up inside, you're, you're kind of hoping that they have some of these talents Mm -hmm. and that you can bring them up to that level and and not everybody does. And then, and then as a new manager, you're looking out at people and you're, if you were brought up as a performer, you're going, why isn't that guy doing that job as good as I did that job? Like I would never slack like that guy. He's such a slacker, Mm -hmm. but that's not, that's an unreal expectation of somebody else's performance. So you have to recognize kind of where people are and then say, well, is this, you know." they may not be the right guy. That's not the, not necessarily the answer that they are or aren't, but they have a limit and it's, where is that limit and where do they work well? And then, you know, being comfortable with that and seeing if you can make it better.
0: Absolutely. But not
1: beating them up because they're not as good at it as you were. And (laughs) that's just
0: it. how many times, you know, for me in school, (laughs) I, I told you that I'm awful at math. I just cannot. And I remember in 10th grade, I had this awful teacher and she told me that I was going to fail and I was, and I should drop out of her class. And I was like, absolutely not. I will not drop out of your class and you're my teacher and you're going to teach me how. Um, and she was like, no, I'm not going to help you. And uh, She's <laughs> like, you're going to fail. And, uh, it was her, t- uh, student teacher that sat with me every day at lunch and, you know, coached me up and thanks to him for only like Two months of support, too much straight of like straight math coaching. Um, I passed her class, but it wasn't anything that my teacher did for me. Yeah. It was someone that was below her that was also learning that took that time. Um, and, you know, she didn't look at me as an individual. She said, I see you. I don't think you can do it. And yeah. I'm not I'm not going to help you succeed. Um, and, you know, I wish she would have changed her expectations of me. I wish yeah. she would have saw my potential to grow and taken that time to grow. Sure. Um, and you set people up for failure when you give them... Unattainable expectations.
1: Absolutely, and I think that that happens a lot when when you're promoting people um, up that up that ladder. You know, because it seems like it seems like that should be a natural extension, right? Mm-hmm. If you've ever been in management or you've been in leadership, it seems like there should be some natural extension. I mean, you you evaluate people on their performance, and you go, well, that those are the things that, I like. That energy, that that intensity, right? Yeah. I want to bring that over here, but. If the skills aren't there, you just you're wasting you're you're wasting a guy. Absolutely, you know you're actually killing them. You know yeah. they're gonna they're gonna be put off somewhere at some point. You're gonna have to shove them over into a corner because they're not any good. At the exactly. job you moved them into. It's no, horrible. and I mean
0: that's frustrating for them too. Right? They're right. like, I used to be good at my job. I used to ace it, yeah. and then to be fulfilled, so they go home every day, yes. work hard, yeah. And now they're sitting myself. here, and they're like, I have no idea how to manage my team, and yeah. I just want, I just want to go do my one job really well, and yeah. prove to them that I'm valuable. But that's not where they are anymore. Yeah,
1: and you can't really go backwards, right? Because no. you've backfilled and stuff like that. And I think my my biggest lesson there was, I, I mean, I went through. Um, uh, in corporate America, all, I was a performer. I did, you know, I, 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 set some really cool examples and did some really good stuff as a, as a performer and, and, um, management opened up and it seemed like the logical jump And I got there, man, I just got run over my first week i was the like, executioner because we had a big layoff in the company oh, no. yeah and i had to walk people down the hallway oh, no. and, and to the big boss and be like hey you have a you have an appointment with ron and the look at me like what give him a nice ron? little head nod okay, yeah yeah no come on you gotta go with me <laughs> walk them back and give them a box and take their stuff and yeah. walk well like, don't worry it's gonna be okay man and you're just like Fuck.
0: i mean that's Listen. the company setting you up to be like the evil boss. Like yeah, nobody's uh, gonna want to get to know you after that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, that, that was it. So, but that was my first, you know, first exposure. But then after that, it was still for me. It was um, just the things that I needed to do and provide and perform to were just so far outside of my normal of my skill set that it didn't. It just didn't fit with me at all. Yeah. You know, and I mean, thankfully, I got out of corporate because, um, yeah, I wasn't gonna go anywhere.
0: Well, and that's just what it is for some people. Some people don't have that skill set, and you know that's just not their path, and that's totally okay. You don't yeah. have to be a manager. There's so many other ways that you can, you know, grow. Unfortunately, not in corporate. Yeah. You know, management is the way up, but um,
1: which is weird because you know there's there is leadership, yeah, right, and leadership and management aren't the same thing. But no. there's this really mixed idea that that. That, oh, yeah, well, you're, you're a leader, you're a manager. Eh, eh. Yeah. Some of the skills cross a little bit, and mm-hmm. you have to have some of both. You think
0: to be able to motivate people. Right. You know, that's a shared skill between them. But, but
1: that's, yeah. But, but, I mean, really, the skills are, are, are very different, and the talents there are very different. And I find, you know, uh, in leadership, I'm very comfortable. Uh, I'm vibrant. I'm alive. I'm excited. Yeah. This is what I love. This, you know, I love this company. I love this manufacturing. I love doing this stuff. I can impart that intensity and passion to people. I can, you know, I can motivate and stuff, but that's not management. Mm-hmm. Like I hire people that to are manage. fucking masterful at it, yes. right? You know, and I'm like this, yes. Look at all this or Look at the structure. Look at yeah. what this person is doing. That's magic.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Oh, um, but I mean, to be a leader, I mean, to set it aside from management and everything, you are providing the people with a direction. You know, you're making the tough calls and you're motivating people to, you know, follow this direction and take the leaps and bounds. You're really, you know, you're, the, you're the flag bearer, this yeah. like come this way. Whereas a manager, they have a job and you know, their job is to make an execution happen. Yeah. Um, how do you have a team execute this step? And that could be written out and given to a manager and a manager can exit uh, execute that based off of like an SOP. Um, you still have to have, you know, admirable qualities that, you know, yeah. some leadership would have again, like, Motivating people, communication—all very important. Um, but you're not necessarily making those tough directional calls. You're right. not—you're not the flag bearer. You're not showing the uh, bringing the people to a new direction or new beginnings. You're right. saying, "This is the job. We're going to do the job." It's the
1: captain of the ship doesn't touch the steering wheel.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know? That's such a good analogy. <laughs> you know,
1: he just doesn't. That's not his job. But um, you know, if that ship goes aground, guess whose fault it is yeah so it's like you know it's a really but that's as you move up it's so interesting i think to find that that that's you know even at at whatever level that starting to delegate starting to understand multiple tasks working together multiple things coming together how do all these things come together to make this whole thing function Mm -hmm. right that's just a completely different picture than being really good as a producer absolutely you know and those are things that i think um I don't know if I haven't been, I have not, I've worked for a lot of companies. I've never been in a company that teaches that well. I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, we don't teach it well. Uh, I'd like to, yeah, uh, but but I mean, you know, it's, it's so so I mean, difficult. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. I, for me, <laughs> for we got for me, a long way to go. That's a, no, that's okay.
0: I, I have the secrets, <laughs> maybe. Um, but no, for me, Good. training management. I always find that the best thing you can do to train someone for management is to make them a trainer, and then identify that your training capacities involve coaching the entire team, not just mm-hmm. like a new person. Um, you're looking out for observations, and you know things that you can do to, you know, make your teammates better. And you put someone in this training position and you get them to start kind of doing your dirty work for you. For me, if I'm a manager and I have a trainer and I see someone doing something wrong, I'm going to grab my trainer in training. And I'm going to be like, hey, could you go let your uh, teammate know that he, he's doing this differently? Here's how I suggest you approach it, you know, set them up for success. Right. Um, but can you go have this conversation with them? And I remember my manager is doing this to me and I was so nervous because I'm just, I'm just small and I'm young. And so I go up to, you know, in my experience, I go up to this tenured partner who's doing something wrong. And I go, hi, Kate, um, I noticed that you were doing something like this and it is outside of the operational standard. Um, Could I do it for you or do you have any questions? And she goes, oh. I knew I was doing it wrong. She's like, I didn't think anyone was going to say anything though. She's like, but yeah, I guess, I guess I'll do it right. Thanks, Jordan. I was like, okay, I'll just head back over to my corner now. Yeah. Um, but it, and it wasn't even a big deal, but that was how my manager forced me to get into coaching people and kind yeah. of navigate that. And I think that's the best way for us to have our team members also do it. You know?
1: Yeah. No, it makes a lot of sense. I guess you have a job. Yeah, a new a new job. A new job. All right, I'll start writing
0: the training. Book.
1: <laughs> start, start writing the training manual today. Get right on that. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but um, yeah, I think that's that's fun. That's that is fun stuff to watch people grow um, and actually do well, and, and I always enjoy that. It's frustrating to watch people fail and and have expectations and, and to see them fail and struggle and then not really know exactly. Um, you know, what it is that you're going to do to some people get you, you can help them get through, and some yeah. people just get kind of run over. I mean, it happens at every level. I've, Absolutely. Had, people, I've had people, you know, who did wonderful things for the company um, and then were just outgrown. And as you watch them kind of get run over by the circumstances and just the, the kind of the bigness of the job now that it's become, and you're trying to communicate like direction and. Like this, we're going this way. This yeah. is where we're going, and I need you to kind of go. This is the way you need to go. And yeah, feel like I'm
0: forging the path for you. Yeah, yeah, I'm
1: helping. This is I'm being really clear here. This yeah. is, we're gonna do this, 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 and this, and then you need to watch them fall off because they really can't connect to that, right. and, and you know, but that happens, and then you, and then that ultimately, what happens to somebody like that is they get replaced, or you know, you find somebody that's got more tenure, somebody that's got yeah. you know, got the skill set to get through the things that you're facing. Because as a company grows, the things you face are always different.
0: Absolutely. You know, so it's changing.
1: Yeah, it's changing, and and that happens to people. They get run over. I call it getting run over, but I find that to be very, because <laughs> it is. It's like you watch it and you see them. They get the deer in the headlights. slow. Yeah. And then they get to, they become very ineffective. Mm-hmm. And then you've gone so far beyond their skill set by the time well, I'm slow. So by the time I make the decision to to move on, you know, it's like oh man, I should have done that a year ago. Yeah, so that, yeah so they, well, they, but, 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 you know, I'm always thinking like, mm-hmm. you know, this is a person that needs an opportunity. The thing is like, you know, in at where I am in my position, I don't know these other positions. Like I don't know what it is to be a director of sales, yeah. a director of marketing, a director of operations. Yeah, I don't know that. You
0: hire someone <laughs> to know that's that. That's right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so if they don't know what, if they're not performing, I mean, I can see the fruit of the failure, but I mean, I don't know how to implement or go do their job. Yeah. But I know where I want to go, so I try and tell them this. You know, try and guide them. But if they 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 can't perform, then to that's their, not what you're looking for. Then I need somebody else. Yeah, yeah. and that's, that's, that's just it.
0: Too. And I think that's uh, I think you know, you mentioned that sometimes it takes a long time to get to that point of replacement. But I also think that it's so sad to see your star performer that you know does so well just Mm -hmm. crush it and then to just slowly watch them fail i mean that's also hard for leaders to let go of because ultimately you do care that that person at one point was amazing at what they did um and now it is just too far gone and it is a hard call to be like i'm sorry this isn't working out for you yeah um i can't show you how to do do, how to do the job i can't make that i can't make you fit the job the way that you're doing it and it's unfortunately we have to go in another direction and that's just how it is.
1: It is. And sometimes, you know, and like you said, it is difficult. I think I've had one person move that I've moved back. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, um, I moved him into a leadership and, um, he just, you know, was obviously not cut out and, uh, for it really. And he just wasn't picking up the needs. Right. And I just said, well, dude, this is my choice right now. I, I mean, I haven't replaced you here, so I can put you back or you know, I can let you go and and find somebody else. And he said, I can go back to my other job? I'm like, Yeah, he goes, Good, I'll do that. I'm oh like, wow. Whoa. I'm Like Fuck.
0: that's a rare reaction. Yeah, right. That's people a very do rare
1: reaction. Right. Yeah, because most of the time it's like, I can't go back, I'd be embarrassed. all. Oh, people yeah. will laugh at me. know like, that yeah. I'll Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh. well, they
0: also know that you're not doing good. So yeah.
1: everybody understands you're failing because yeah. they're working in the situation. So everybody knows. But
0: I also don't think there should be any shame in going back. Like if you try something out and you gave yeah. it your best shot, and ultimately it didn't work for you, then go do that thing that you were super awesome at. And right. you know, don't listen to the people that are going to be like, "Oh, he failed." Because now you're in a spot where you're excelling. You're yeah. contributing to the company, and you probably also feel better about yourself. And at the end of the day, that's what's going to matter.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, people sometimes, get, a lot of times, people get caught on, you know, the the title, yeah, right, the upgrade, mm-hmm. right, and and how this has like they've imagined themselves to be, like, oh, I'm going to be a manager, uh, and um, you know, um, I just think that you know, that's very dangerous, absolutely, you know, but it, because it's fantasy, sometimes the fantasy is founded on good things, and maybe you have some talents in that arena, but some, a lot of times it's on a misperception of what that other person's job is. Absolutely. You see somebody sitting there at their computer all day and like, well, I don't do, they fucking, they just fuck off all day. They don't yeah. do anything. I can write emails. I can write, write emails. Yeah. Write, I'm good at email, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the best
0: professional email tone. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly, right. Oh, no, you're
0: <laughs> totally right. Uh. I don't know. I think it definitely hits people in the, you know, in the heart when they do have that fantasy. And I think we've all been there where we envision ourselves doing something or being a certain position and, you know, it either just doesn't pan out or the way that it does pan out is not what you wanted at
1: all. And how
0: do do you, how do you accept that? You know, you just put so much pressure on this image that you've created and it sucks. I like to hope for the best and expect the worst. And that's, that's, I don't know it sounds cynical but it keeps me going keeps, keeps you me grounded, grounded. Yeah. yeah you got that right
1: yeah it's very true um I I for a long time we didn't do titles and just uh in the company because I, I really don't believe in them mm-hmm. I believe in positions you know and, and and that's how I feel about it I think titles carry a false sense of of um importance, of importance in and you know um but some people are very very attached to it and um uh, uh so I've, I've, I've let people, like, give themselves their own title. You yeah. Know? And then it's when it comes down to it, you're like, well, you know, okay, according to your title, yeah. you should be performing here. And this is what someone who does this job does. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah. So, said, so You sure you want that title? Uh, <laughs> does that make sense
0: to you? Yeah. Do you lock in? It's funny you say that, though. Um, I would say half your employees in the office do not know what my title is. <laughs> We've had people, I've had yeah. uh, people walk by and they'll be like, Oh yeah, this is Jordan. She, uh, she, (laughs) Jordan, she, she manages, she does, she does some management. I'm like, you're, you're right. That is correct. Um, and, but at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter what my title is.
1: No, because I mean, uh, but uh, right and we're also it, executing we're and I executing, think the execution right, is, is the key, what
0: matters. And yeah. I'm executing what is applicable to my title, which is right. process and project management. Yeah. Um, as far as it looks like to everyone out there, you know, I'm managing the projects. I'm managing the processes. That's right. And that's, what it comes and that's down what's to. being done. Right. Mm-hmm. And I
1: think I, I, I horribly embarrassed one of my, uh, one of my engineers at one point, a young man who used to work for me by saying, I was having a conversation and I was saying, you know, like just out of like, uh, you know, uh, in a kind of, uh, not in a kind of like friendly kind of manner. Like, Hey, yeah, oh, this is my floor guy. He does. Yeah. And he was just mortified that he was my floor guy. Oh like, yeah. But, but it, you know, cause I'm trying to find the name, the title of, of, yeah. of, a manufacturing engineer cause it's not in my brain space and, oh, was my floor guy. And I, and I remember that because he was just like, so disrespected and just, just, a, floor a, guy just, to just you? a floor guy to you yeah well, sounds like, he's a, like he, a girlfriend now, <laughs> now yeah sounds now he's somebody else's floor guy yeah
0: that's right i think titles you know people hold them and dear and due to their heart but i think i like you said at the end of the day what what matters is your work and the ethic that you're putting down on the table yeah. and i think when you work hard and people can see it i think that that outweighs the value of your title by a tenfold yeah, oh,
1: easily. If easily. people
0: know that you can do your job and you're it well, it doesn't matter what you what they call you.
1: Yeah, it doesn't. I think sometimes there's some intercompany communication that requires, um, you know, some people won't talk to anybody unless they're in, yeah. in X, at X level. You know, I mean, okay, like, I get it.
0: That's how you want to work.
1: <laughs> I mean, I I generally don't put salespeople on my LinkedIn because I just don't want to get a bunch of people trying yeah. to sell me stuff. <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> Uh, that's so bad now everybody knows my secret
0: I know they're going to get all the sales managers are going to hear this podcast and they're going to start requesting you to connect yeah,
1: yeah. oh man I don't get any good friends anymore <laughs> <laughs> my only my, my friend's face on LinkedIn uh, but anyway well I, listen I mean it's always a pleasure we have such a good time we, I mean we spend every day talking about this kind of stuff Absolutely. so we geeking yep. out on it so it's always good um, thanks for coming on
0: Absolutely. I'm happy to be here
1: happy to chat. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you guys for joining. That concludes our podcast for this week. Don't forget to check us out on all the socials at Green Bros.